0: Welcome to episode 281 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, welcome along to episode two eight one of I'm Talk with Coach John Newsome and Bevan James. Oh, how you going, mate?
1: I'm very good, Bevan.
0: Why are you very good, John? Because like, I know why you're really good.
1: Guess what? What? It's the kind of super special, super special John.
0: So that's why I'm very good. It's very exciting. Do you know why? Because you've, you've done your homework. I've done
1: my homework. Well, you have. Well, no, you haven't. But then you have.
0: Yes okay. Because we've got some interviews today.
1: We have some are so kind of Legends. Some very I'm very pleased with the interviews we got today. We've got Paul Huddle coming up. Um For those of
0: you don't know who Paul Huddle is,
1: which surely it's hardly any of
0: you, but Paul Huddle is pretty much one of the voices of the sport. Mm. Um, he's on competitor radio. Yep. And he's also pretty much been, you know, one of the main media dudes for Iron Man Kona's like, coverage for the last ever.
1: And I just give, I think he gives a really, really good perspective on the day. Um he's my favourite commentator out of the guys, so oh, what about you? Br- Sorry? Well, she's pretty good as yeah, well. No, he is I'm not saying I'm no, just saying I don't have favourites, I'd select no, like them all. I do. I've Paul's my favourite. I like it when who was who had a bit of a bitch fest last year where the chicks did. Oh yeah, that was Pauline Fraser and McKaylee Jones. Yeah, I was there a couple of years ago. Yeah, that was good. Yes. Yeah, and we've also got Sister Madonna Buddha.
0: Yes, who's a legend of the sport. She's she was. We've just done the interview, and she's aiming to do an Ironman next year at the age mm. of 82 or 83, something like that. Uh, oldest Ironman finisher in Kona. So we'll have the interview later on the show. We've got a quick update for the news coming up. We've got a little bit about what we're going to be doing in Kona, and it's going to pretty much be our show this week. That's it. We've kind of already done the work, haven't we? It's great. We're actually going to wait. We're waiting for an interview from Jeff from uh, the. Tri- podcast we're going to be doing that in a second as well so we may you may hear a skype call come through and we'll stop
1: and then we'll come back but anyway kona super special john what do you want to talk about first so torsten that the geek has come up with uh, a pretty impressive document in terms of getting uh, his rating report for kona he has delivered ott john he has uh over the top, over the top. remember that movie Three yes, alone, over the top. So we're gonna we're gonna bring this into play a bit more when we're actually in Kona in terms of actually doing our picks and what have you. But um, I really encourage you to go on and, and check it out if you're interested. You go to uh, trr um, rating, uh, no try dot um, and you can check out Torsten's information there. What he's done, he's basically got all of last year's results on there. Um, he's got all the, the qualifiers from this year, and that's what I was saying to Bevan just before. What's cool about that is if, if you're watching the race and you see somebody's name pop up and you're not familiar with them, you look at Torsten's stuff, you click on there. they've got a link on his surname, it's a PDF document, that flicks down and it tells you all their results for this year. Do you so know why this is good, impressive. John? On race day, if we, if we carry like a, we need an iPad.
0: We should buy an iPad for race day, and then I can keep and it if afterwards. We get, if we
1: get lots more, uh, lots more <laughs> donations. donations in the next well, week, let's do it. But How the much thing does it cost? is, yeah,
0: uh, in America you probably get for like five hundred bucks. Oh, it's a
1: possibility. Yeah, I'm just, saying. <laughs> just, <saying. Donations laughs> just sad. Sad donations rolling in. We'll do it. <laughs> um, but
0: anyway, um, it's going to be great on race day because we can use this to make us look better.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, and if you just scroll up. Just in terms of Torsten's, quickly, his predictions.
0: Oh, where are we going, John? Maybe we'll go to the index.
1: No, no, no. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Are we going down or up? Uh, Down, down, down. 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 Female winners? Yes. Yes. Male winners. So he's got his favourites as Andreas Reilert and Marina Van Hoenacker. And this is
0: based on this year's performances. Yes. He's got, based on previous results, results. Raylu and Van Halnecker are the clear favourites for Kona. They have the greatest results this year uh, and produced the two fastest overall times in the Ironman distance throughout the year. One could argue that Curry should also be included in the favourites as it's tricky to bet against a two-time winner with a great pre-Kona result and winning the 70.3 championships. However, the latest results in the Ironman distance were not really top-notch, only uh, fourth in the place in Kona last year in comparison comparison um, to Raylu and um, Marino. Relatively slow win at quarter lane, but although we probably feel he took it slow because he knew he had the win, mm. so he's also been hurt by his lack of really fast times. But you pull, so we have to put him in the mix.
1: On the female side, on the women's side, there is only one clear favourite, Chrissy Wellington. The only bad result she had was her DNS in Kona last year. She's won all her Ironman races and set another fantastic world time uh, record time and rote this year. Even defending champion Miranda Carfrey doesn't have an Ironman result to get statistically close to Chrissy, so he says favourite, Chrissy Wellington, 70 chance 70% you'd be putting your money on that wouldn't yeah. you Marinda Carfrey in the mix 13% wow. and then uh, you've got Kat Morrison he's also got Mary Beth Allison there 5% chance mm. and Caroline Stephens. so yeah I think uh, you know John,
0: statistically statistically you could be, it be 70% out. right but there's rumours going around that Chrissy's had a crash there is I haven't so we've we got, we got a link through from some listener I can't remember who it was and I'm sorry I can't give you love right now because I was just kind of pulled up before the show but um Chrissy there's a rumor going around it was on every man try now it's a rumor there's no there's no fact around it we don't know what's happening in this front but sad rumor buzzing around Boulder Colorado tonight it's three-time world championship um winner Chrissy Wellington crashed off a bike today while training in the 2011 Ironman championship injuring her elbow and suffering serious road rash. if the rumor is true the questions are wondering is she okay what happened and will she be racing the race now? We don't know anything. This is this is on a website, but it would to be disappointing if she missed it again.
1: It would, um, but I think that if if you were to crash, this is probably almost the time to do it because you've done all the training. You basically yeah. now you're, you're not
0: going to lose your key training. Are uh, you?
1: After the weekend, you're basically uh, you, you know you. you 12 days out, there's no more key training to come. It's just ticking over. So as long as it doesn't um, impede her on race day uh, and if she's fresh and ready to go, I think she'll be absolutely fine. But who knows? If you, Crashes are extremely variable.
0: Uh, and I imagine by the time a lot of you guys listen to this, there's probably some more clarity around it because mm-hmm. not everyone listens to it straight
1: after we've released it. So that's, um, it was... uh, Yes, sorry. But it's exciting times, Bevan. Kona coming up. Um, we'll talk about our sort of plans for the week later on but the main thing will be that you keep an eye on our Facebook page because that's why we're placing a lot of updates in terms of where we're going to be Um, but it's exciting times ahead.
0: Oh, it's going to be awesome, John. And the thing is, you know, we got emails from some pros saying, "Oh, we're coming in interview mm-hmm. us and so, and we've got some great interviews, haven't we? This year is
1: the year of the woman, Bevan. The year of the woman, because uh, <laughs> I'm just looking at our lineup, and we've got some awesome interviews. And but the majority at this stage, are oh, fe- we have to get some boys. Yeah, we'll get some boys, but the girls have been a lot more responsive than the boys. Oh, come on, boys. So we've got a, we've got a nice mix. Um, a lot of the feedback we get is uh, you want to hear from age groups as well. So we'll have some dedicated times where we'll be at Lava Java and stuff and we'll be able to catch up with some of you guys and, and obviously anybody who qualifies for Kona is a bit of a legend so well, to so have got more of an update on the quiz
0: Chrissy this is from Danny Ward and he's just saying um so uh, uh, somebody actually saw it as an eyewitness and Chrissy has tweeted that Life throws curve balls. the key is to bounce those balls right back The body is capable of amazing things, I will be on the start line Thanks to all those who contacted me, your words are truly are hearing, healing my wounds And plus, at least my skin matches my colour of my race kit Long, short story, flat tyre, cornered, came off, nothing broken, very battered uh, bruised and bloody, but still full of fight. So she is going to be racing. It's great to hear. There you go. Geez, that was kind of like a news piece and wrapped up in twenty seconds, wasn't it? Nice. You guys rock when it comes to us.
1: So yeah. So kind of coverage. Um, I've got a mix. I've got some coaches on there. Um, I've got Lou Hollander on there. We've got Dave Scott. Um, we've got a lot of the girl, the top top girls. Um, so it's going to be good times. Boy. We have to
0: get. We do have to get some top guys. Guys, let us know. I know
1: you know. We know you
0: listen to the show. Yeah, we, we we've got a few. We should be able to get. So there we go. You, what you? You sound like you're backing out.
1: No, well, I'm not backing out. I'm just, just don't wanna conf- don't wanna overpromise and underdeliver. Yeah. Hey? Well, last year,
0: yeah, we're doing. It. We're getting all the, all the guys. Yes. Every guy we were interviewing. Yes. <laughs> okay, then what else we got here? We got some results.
1: Uh, we got some other news. Lance Armstrong oh, did yeah. uh, his first sort of race. He did an exterior. I think it was a US champs. Um, and he finished in fifth place, so not too shabby. Um, I was somewhat surprised; he probably wasn't a little bit further up in the swim um, because he was a, a legend. A very, Do they have the race times on the site? Uh, let's let's find out. Yeah. So I finished fifth. Um, it was it was a bloody good field. You had uh, the likes of Conrad Stoltz in there. Nicholas LeBrun uh, took the race out, but you know, fifth place, first return uh, performance, and and mountain biking is not necessarily his uh, his major strength. So he was 229, uh, he was five minutes off Nicholas LeBron, but he was only two minutes behind Conrad Stoltz, and Conrad Stoltz is like Mr. Mister Xterra. Um, so pretty pretty solid first up for
0: Well, the word on the street is that he
1: is going to the World
0: Champs um, in oh, Hawaii. And Mowen, yeah, Mowen, yeah. yeah, someone was email email through the other day saying that they're going to be going to do the World Champs and watching Kona as well, they're going to come see us in Kona, and they're pretty excited that Lance is going to be there. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes at the World Champs, do you mm. think? Top 10?
1: Oh yeah, 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 definitely. Yep, definitely. I mean, look, you look at that field there. Conrad Stots is, is always one of the very best. Nicholas LeBron is always one of the best. So uh, it's, it's interesting. he has gone to um, to uh,
0: It is. Yeah,
1: like you, you, I
0: know, like he's not going to be an ITU champ or anything, but mm-hmm. it's just, obviously. You know, you kind of think, well, he's such a strong road cyclist. You want to do a sport that's going to be using
1: your advantage. Maybe just having a bit of fun. Just having a bit of a laugh, John. He's having a laugh. So we had this, we had laugh. a laugh. Having a laugh. <laughs> having a laugh. Having <laughs> a laugh. Uh, we had some races at the weekend. The Chesapeake Man. We haven't got the results up for that. The Red Man. Uh, the results were on the Red Man website. Um, and I'm going to pull them up on my computer.
0: Yes. John's going to pull them up. Oh, yes. Results here. I've got them on my computer.
1: Um, I'll beat you to it. I'll okay, beat here's the race. Ready? Go. Go. Come on, A computer. Come on. Come on, computer. Right, the PC is taking it out. Oh, uh, Mark, Ryan won it. Ryan first. Oh, I looked at c- Casey computer. Brown in... Uh, c- uh, he did 9.48. Casey Brown second in 9.58. Sebastian Haynes in third in 10.03. On the girls' side I think Sarah Bell first, 10.55. Deborah Bettegler uh, in 11.09. And Tracy sowonski in 11.22. Love your work, team.
0: Love your work. What happened in the... Uh... The D-Day triathlon, John? No,
1: no results from the D-Day oh, triathlon. Oh, okay. What about the Alba Man? The Alba Man. Um, just, we've just got the top five here. Uh, Chris Brands took it out in 9.55.01. Second was Gabrielle <laughs> Robinato. Third was Bruno Freudenreich.
0: Nice. Bruno Freudenreich. There we go. Lovely. What about
1: chicks? Uh, no chicks. It's just got like a little Twitter up No notes. chicks race. That's right. What about yeah? What is there? it? Is say yeah, this is 70 point, 70 uh, no, half distance. So okay. the winner of the half, the half distance
0: was Michelle Parsons. There you go, We just give some love to the woman. Okay, Lewis sent us through about the,
1: uh, the Grand Columbian. And I do apologise, Lewis, because I tried looking for the results. What was interesting... No, because remember last week I didn't really try that hard? Yeah, well, I tried a bit harder and I tried to have a look through and they've got so many different races yeah, I couldn't harder, really figure yeah. it out. But what was interesting about that, so well done to everybody who did the... Um, the Grand Columbia but what he was interesting they had a half and an Olympic and they had a foot, an Ironman plus they had an Iron Plus where you did a 5k swim a 200k bike and a bit over 50k run on a challenging course. Independent race in supportive communities so if you're looking for just that little bit extra if Ironman's just not quite hard enough for you maybe look at checking out the Grand Columbia next year. i would
0: be fascinated to see if that actually appealed like did they get many people who actually did that race? I like the kind of, the you know, 5, 250, it's quite a nice number. Mm. It's a yeah. um, li- little bit longer. Um,
1: I, I quite like it too.
0: Do you think you do well at it? Do you think you do
1: better at that than what you would an Uh It's all. It's pretty much a pro rata sort of split, isn't it? You get a little bit extra on the, you know, the, I suppose the extra swim, you know, you're looking at an extra 15 minutes or so in the swim. Um, on the bike, you're looking at an extra, I don't know, 40 minutes or so on the bike. In the run, you're looking at an extra 8 k so... Five 40. It's
0: pretty even. Okay. I'd be the same. You'd be the same. Same, same. So you win it as well. I'd, I'd take it out. Yeah, yeah, of course, no denying it. Coming up this weekend, team, we've got Challenge Bathalona coming along. And to be honest, it's very exciting because Kevin Brock emailed us through saying, John and Bev, pretty excited about it because he's racing and he, he wants a shout-out on the show. There so go. there you go, Kevin Brock. There's your shout-out, mate. Just giving in your love.
1: 1,100 athletes uh, racing there. 1,100? Uh, which is good. no nice. Challenge race.
0: Um, is this just in the... You want to click on that link? Do you want me to click That's
1: there? what I was pointing at the link for. Oh. So pointing at it going.
0: Our communication is strong, I tell you. Um, We're like Jetto Warriors.
1: Obviously, you know, the, the pro side of field. It's a weak field, Bevan. It's a weak field. No, we say no, that it's every a strong time. field, John. It's but a strong... Obviously, you've got no, none of the... Um, Why don't we just say it's a second tier It's the same week? If you can go 100 there, then that'll be great. Um... It's yeah, yeah. It's it's good. It's it's great this time of the year that the guys that aren't going to Kona are going to have a good crack. Um, you've got guys like girls like Erica Chomor. You got Eva Dollinger. Um, you've also got Stephen Bayless racing there. So it's a pretty size. Bayless has been racing a lot recently. Yeah, he's got he's got a family support now. Oh, that's true. His wife yeah. wife he's not out yeah, there. Dealing she's not earning it. the cash. Come on, Bayless. Um, Big result. And I guess one guy who has got a bit to prove there is Marcel Zamora Perez. Uh, and I think I told you the story about uh, he raced at the. When we were in Embram and the Imbrium man, and yeah. he was leading big money race, and then he got disqualified for dropping a uh, for dropping a wrapper or dropping his oh, jacket I mean, or he so. so he's leading. Like this is a twenty. I think it was twenty thousand euros for first place. He's leading. I can't remember how much of a lead he had. He's had a pretty crappy year, and they had this rule over there that you can you're not allowed to drop any rubbish anywhere on the course. It's kind of fair enough. But, yeah, but nah, come on. Uh, and, and he, it, if, I don't know exactly what happened, but I heard that he dropped a jacket. Um, and on purpose obviously yeah I'm not sure if he dropped it a supporter or whatever but he dropped it and boom out comes the red card disqualified wow. disqualifying the leader of the race
0: that's, that's fascinating isn't it because remember Aaron Baker got disqualified from winning an man because he took water outside assistance yes what happened there
1: that's basically what happened really because
0: uh, that was very he, like I, this is when I was a kid and I even heard about that yeah no, and then, I, didn't, I had no interest in triathlon that dry-thol. was an
1: extremely dodgy call because I asked Scott about it and he said you know it was ridiculously hot everybody was getting water from all over the place oh
0: really and, so a uh, really hot day everyone's struggling everyone's just basically grabbing water from anywhere mm. she
1: grabs some water and dis- disqualify her yeah. damn Frenchies damn you Frenchies oh, was it, it Nice was it yeah yeah, yeah. oh really oh, was that it? was the big event wasn't it I'm pretty sure it was Nice it was either Nice or Avignon or something but yeah it, uh, was, uh, it, was, it was a big deal yeah, she would so have. So, and Erin wouldn't have said much. No. no. <laughs> so, I, I guess Marcel's are more present. I saw her. She, she was, was riding was past around. my house. She does a better riding now. Yeah. She's, but anyway, back to the race, Beaver. Well, because no, I love it when Erin
0: rides past. Because people won't know how much of a legend she is. Mm. You know, like you know, like she's riding up the road, and people maybe riding past her or with her or behind her, and they don't really understand that this woman they're
1: riding next to is one of the most amazing athletes that New Zealand's ever had. Oh, totally. Yeah, like it's phenomenal. Yes. So good. Good luck to all you guys racing Challenge Barcelona. I guess you'll be trying to... I don't know, Kona's the weekend after, so you'll John, be able to kick back, relax, and then you've got Kona next weekend. This may be the shortest news we've ever done. It was like intentional. A, in the last few years, mate, we've been
0: doing like half an hour,
1: 15 minutes were all wrapped up. Yeah, but we've got an hour of interviews coming up, Bevan. Okay, okay, then. So let's do
0: a sponsor then. Coffeesofwhy.com. Okay, John, tell me what's happening. So, are, are we doing a Kona update here? What do you mean?
1: Well, we're talking about what we're doing, Kona with coffee. Uh, will we come out to the coffee boat? Yeah. the coffee supply so that goes out each morning they sail out at uh 6.30 in the morning so they're basically set up there by sort of quarter to 7 7 at the latest what time are we going to go Uh we've got to get Nine. there at 6.30 to get all our stuff on there oh, that's what we did yeah. last time you're awake at that time in the morning it's so light over there and you've been sweating in your bed it's so moisture <laughs> moisture, so <laughs> moisture ridden speak for yourself
0: because we love endurance sports travel they're amazing but we didn't have air come did we no we yeah. have fans but they don't have air come a lot over there oh, do they yeah.
1: no they don't what's no. all that about oh, yeah. And John and I, were sweating
0: like at the dogs that we
1: are. <laughs> but anyway, coffee's Civil War, they'll have the boat out there. But as we sort of talked about last week, if you do want to get some Kona coffee, um, you can order it online yep. and, and you put under there... If uh, you're
0: heading to Kona and you're going to be going to Kona and you want to jump on the boat and you want to get to the Kona experience, order your coffee now, you turn up to coffee and you put... Um, you put Kona
1: delivery in there and um, the roast of the week before the race and bring it along with us. So it's uh, going
0: to be nice and fresh.
1: Yeah, and it'll go to the coffee stand at Lehi Drive, which is outside the Basil's Pizza Place. And also, just a reminder, you've got the Chrissy, uh, coffee. Chrissy Coffee. And if you put the promo code in SMILES at the checkout, you save 20% and you spend over $50 and shipping is free if you're not going over to Kona. So check, check, check it out. When
0: you're smiling... I wonder if Chrissy's smiling now. You know what, Chrissy will. Chrissy's honestly, from the first time we ever interviewed her. Although Chrissy, you promised us an interview this year. What's happening? What happened there?
1: You keep asking. How many times do I have to tell you? But you, I, no,
0: I was. You know me, I don't listen. Yeah, <laughs> it just goes one ear, you know, the other,
1: But she, she shuts it down a couple of weeks out from coming. No, but we were going to do one a few months ago. Remember? Yeah, but it didn't come through. <sighs> You're making Chrissy look bad, now. We are the voice of Iron. Man. You're making Chrissy look bad. There you go, Bevan. Now we're not gonna get <laughs> no, you. No, no, because no Chrissy Chrissy
0: rocks. And uh, I guarantee she'll have the best attitude coming into this race, even after a crash this morning. Okay. She'll be sensational because that's Chrissy, you know, seventy percent chance. It was interesting looking at Thorsten's thing. So if you look at what he gave Torsten, Chrissy. Thorsten. He's given her a seventy percent chance. Oh he's given a Rayler a thirty percent chance, which is still pretty high in the men's field.
1: He's a clear, he's definitely the clear favorite. Yeah, thirty percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, Marino is coming in at twenty five, and he's got Crowley at eight, Anico at eight, um, O'Donnell at seven, and Henning at seven.
1: We haven't spoken of Henning
0: much this year, have we? I
1: popped an email. He said he, he can. Uh, we'll, we can pop him an email when we get over there, and we'll see what we can do. So, Great. So, there you go. Put what about a, Alexander? A, uh, I haven't. I haven't contacted Crowley because. Uh, We've already had a couple of interviews with him, you know, and uh, I figure let's spread the love. I want to try to get some new voices do out. Do you reckon we can get Ray Uh I've been in contact with uh, Chris Gemmell, who's uh, good mates with him, and he's trying to hook it up for yeah, us. Yeah, it'd be good to get Ray Long shot. I mean, you can't imagine how much pre coverage the Germans you know, must be putting on Do you know what we should him. do this
0: year, John? Is, what well we should because they have the media um, interviews and we don't really set up mics or anything mm. but maybe we should put one of our mics on the media table yeah yeah and then just have a dual, like a cut section of what the top pros are talking about in their media
1: interviews that's a great job for you to do. There you go.
0: You know what? I think that's fair enough because you've been doing lots of work behind the scenes but, but for as, interviews.
1: As I said to um, when we talked to Paul Huddle, those, those media briefings are pretty crap. But so we've got to spice this up. That is a big. Jo- oh, we've got to come up. John, questions John. Last time, did you ask any questions? No, and, I'm, and who did? But you did. That's, yes. This year, we're experienced campaigners. So right, hold on, hold on. I read Hiles from I Am Talk. No, this is your chance, listeners. Take this seriously. Give us some questions. This is the discussion of the week, then. Discussion of the week. This week's discussion of the week. We haven't. We're not discussing last week's one. We'll get to that when we we'll get, we'll get, we'll get back. <laughs> what was it? It, it was uh, about best thing that's happened in a race this season. Best okay. thing a race organized we'll, we'll come yep. to that when, when we, get we get back. back. So to we'll this find, week's discussion. Give us some questions, and let's ta- we, we will have a bit of fun element to them, but but not too too stupid. We'll even say this question is from a listener. Yes. And blah blah blah. So let's let's aim for. We each try to do two questions.
0: Okay, so you guys put the questions in. And we get to choose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Okay, okay, okay. So you put the questions
0: in, and we'll we'll put the two best questions each. And we have to get up. And John, you have to get up and be a man. This no time. problem. Because you got all shy. I did. You got all shy and a bit intimate. You do feel like a dork when you stand up. Oh. You know you um, uh, we'll took you what we should do is take the piss because I totally agree because when we went there last time guys now I love everyone else in the triathlon media but they kind of when they asked a the question it was a lot about showing yeah. how great they were yeah. it was a lot about how much they are oh, so I noticed this year that when you're racing in quarter Lane that your bike split was about two seconds lower than last year <laughs> and I noticed that the wind factor didn't really counter for that so tell me what do you think about the sea here you know, know it' was kind of <laughs> it just kind of went nowhere oh. and so I think maybe we should take the piss a little bit we definitely should okay we talk about game but then we'll get in the room we'll get all shy again no no we're doing it okay so the two best questions John will have two I'll have two you guys put them in this week's discussion of the week and we'll put them on in the interview nice okay John
1: so anyway back to what we we talking about right <laughs> coffees, now, of coffees of why coffees of why check it out get your Chrissy coffee if you're going to Kona get it all ordered and you get free stuff over there and then we'll see you out there on the coffee boat right first interview coming up we've got Paul Huddle uh Really? Oh, I thought we were going to... Lady Madonna, you've got? Well, no, Paul Howe's going okay. to... <laughs> check it out.
0: Uh, We've, one thing with the sound quality in this interview, um, we're slowly working towards how we make the Skype interviews better, and, and admittedly, Tom from Marathon Talks helped me out quite a lot on this one, so go Marathon Talk, you rock. Um... And we actually discovered for the second interview today a better way of doing our side of the sound which for Lady Madonna is great but for this interview it kind of dies out a little bit at the end so um, from pretty much from this show forward our Skype interviews will be heaps better which is great but uh, there is a little bit of our sound quality that goes a bit poor towards the end of this interview but other than that Paul so, Huddle, Paul huddle. Iron Man legend
1: an legend voice legend and uh, just brings a really good attitude to our sport I think.
0: Hey, he is a bit of a character eh mm, nice here we go he's kind of going to give you shit wouldn't he oh yeah in a nice way but yeah he, yeah. yeah, okay here's Poharo legend Poharo
1: righto we're ready to rumble mate cool right guest number one in our Kona, legend Kona super sport build up super sport build up for triathlon sport build <laughs> up he's a man that uh, most of you will be familiar with he's he's uh, been co-host on Competitor Radio for a long time, he's one of the um, first guys really to get into online coaching, multisports.com, he's also been one of the main faces on the Ironman Live coverage each year, and um, one thing that he doesn't get a huge amount of coverage for um, for, for, for perhaps new people to the sport is his uh, triathlon career, which was very, very successful. So it's, uh, it's Paul Huddle, so welcome along to the show, Paul.
2: Alright, thanks guys, thanks for having me.
1: Hey, um, as I alluded to there, you know, your, your triathlon career, um, well, you, you're known these days more as a as a bit of a voice of triathlon. But your triathlon career was pretty successful. I mean, you had uh, some top tens in Kona. You, Molina um, was telling me, you won Ironman uh, Japan, and uh, and you know, you, you had a really successful career. Is it? Was, you, you seem fairly modest in some of your achievements. We don't we don't hear about them a lot on, on the coverage we see online and and on the uh, Ironman coverage.
2: I don't really consider it that successful. I mean, it was—I felt pretty mediocre as a as a professional. Um, I think I had three three whole years out of the ten I was racing where I didn't have to come back to a job every winter. Yeah. So you know, it, yeah. I mean, I was you know, I was happy to have had the opportunity and to have had the limited success that I did. But I was in in no way. I don't think a um, a success on the on a par with someone who is making a living at it, you know, like my wife, perhaps.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but and, and was that, did you, was that you just didn't feel you were, had the talent or did you um, feel in hindsight whether you trained, I mean, the rumours were you spent a lot of time training with Mark Allen. I mean, how, was it just difficult back then to, to make it as a, as a pro?
2: No, it, you know, it was nothing other than, than probably talent. I mean, I worked as hard as I felt like you possibly could to, uh, maximize my potential, and I feel like I I did that. Yeah, of course. I think anybody who's ever done anything like that for any length of time will look back and see some of the mistakes that they might have made or things they might have done differently. But on the whole, I, you know, I did what I did, and I, um, you know, it, it, you can't really sit there and go. Oh, and the reason I did race um, and pursue the sport as a career was exactly that I did not want to. Become 48 years old like I am now and look back and say, I could have done this and I could have done that. It was very clear. It's very clear to me now what I was able to do and what I was, and I feel like I did that.
0: Mm. So, so I suppose then, how did you lead into being, you know, an athlete leading into more becoming the main media dude or one of the main media dudes within the sport?
2: Um, I'm a really great volunteer. And I don't ask for money. I think you, um, You evolve. I mean, I, you know, my parents would love it if I had become a doctor or a lawyer or even a fireman, policeman, whatever. Um, But I was very enamored with endurance sports and that's sort of the path I chose. So it naturally led to um, the group of friends that I connected with. And that led to the business opportunities in camps, you know, early on with uh, Paul and Amy Fraser, John Duke and John Howard. And then later on with Rock and Heather and that led to a coaching business and led to our online coaching business with Rock and bringing everything into multi-sports. And then along the way, because you have passion for it, you um, someone asked me to write a few things. So I started doing a little bit of writing for the magazine. And um, my first year, I didn't compete in Kona. I was over there, and one of the guys asked me if I would do the local show. There's a, there used to be, in the old days, prior to the Internet, a live local broadcast Oh. Um, for the islands, and it was hosted um, by a guy named Dan Cook, and I got to be one of the color commentators for the first year, I think, with Mike Pig, and then in subsequent years with people like Karen Smyers, and that just led to uh, being involved with the live webcast, and that's always been, it's just been sort of um, a tri-geeks dream, mm-hmm. you know, because you get to sort of sit there and follow the best event in the sport and uh, and talk about it. You know, like, like you actually might know something, which in reality, you're just the same as everybody else who's a real fan of the sport. You know what you know, and that's what you're talking about.
1: So with the, with the live coverage, you, you, as a professional that you are, you led nicely into that, and that was sort of my next point on my, my list here was, um, you know, we, Bevan and I, we sit here and we've just got a couple of computers in front of us. And um, I, I know with with other sports, you know, they're getting fed all sorts of information and and drip They've got a screen to their left, a screen to their right, getting um, computers in front of them with all the information coming out. What's that live coverage like for you guys? And and you, you know you pull it off fantastically well um, on the day. But how does it sort of work? You know, have you got people in the back telling you all the stuff? How does it go?
2: Yeah, you know, it's probably not as um, not as uh, what would you call it far reaching and um, comprehensive as you might think. It certainly has gotten a lot better over the years, and and that was always one of um, not just my frustrations but I think a frustration of everybody on the team is you're only able to convey the information you're given mm. uh, so it, it can become frustrating for the people viewing and for you you know trying to provide the information to everybody uh, so you're you're really limited by that but you're also um, in recently been given a lot better access to um, the radio reports you know Kevin McKinnon has been doing the uh, text updates forever. You know, for Iron Man, and he uh, he gets his information through our spotters radio network, and so a lot of times we're relying. We have a radio that you know one of our assistants is listening to, and then now lately we're getting a lot better coverage just simply by the live feed that you get on the cameras. We're watching the same feed that everyone's watching online, and just making comment on it in addition to hopefully getting information from spotters and the folks who are getting the splits, and even just, you know, friends who are out on the course. Who, you know, I occasionally I will just tell Rock, you know, please, you know, if you're out on the course, just give us a, a beep on the radio because he'll be done with the swim and can get out there and start to get stuff that we might not have otherwise received. But it really is just a mishmash and a conglomeration of multiple sources, and that's one of the hardest things after the race is to see some of the negative comments about, the um the the webcast or the broadcast and people are very you know, everyone is an expert after the fact, but the thing yeah. doing it, you don't you get what you get and you're trying to give the best information. We're always hesitant when we hear that so and so has flatted or so and so has gotten a penalty. We usually sit on that as much as long as we can until we have it one hundred percent confirmed because there's nothing worse than coming out with something and finding out it's not it's not it's not in case of a fact and you can upset family members, coaches, you know, everybody by saying something that's incorrect, you know. So you really want to try and get it right the first
0: time. The one thing about you, Paul, is that you always come across as a bit of a character. You always seem to be quite fun and kind of out there. And I suppose, if, if, do you kind of have a philosophy around what you bring to, you know, being someone in the media who's representing the sport?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I've always got a. the problem is, um, for me, is I've always had – I've always tended to look at things with a little bit of a humorous or sarcastic slant, yeah. and it's not because I'm trying to be mean. It's simply because I have gone before and made all of those mistakes and looked like every bit the tri geek or, you know, the fool that I am. And so yeah. I feel like I have license now to to comment accordingly.
0: Take the piss. So my
2: biggest my biggest problem is when I when I'm watching something or listening to people or even in in very serious meetings, for example, with city agencies, etc., in my head, there is sort of a Seinfeld episode playing out, and and I do nothing but everything I can to hold back my comments and you know poking fun and you know sort of the "That's what she said" comments that go on the whole time in my brain. <laughs> and so it, it, sometimes I just feel the you know it's it's the sport is is. is just that, the sport. I mean, this is recess for adults. So I see way too many people and in fact it, you know, a large percentage of people, probably a majority, treating it much more seriously than it needs to be. You know, it, I think a lot of people would do a lot better if they could keep it in perspective. Um, you know, although hey, I was every bit as serious as, you know, the most serious tri geek that you can see out there, I definitely had a, a huge phase in that in that frame of mind but um, it's just to remind people that hey it is it is just a sport and you know believe it or not while the biggest race in the world is going on there are people shopping at Walmart who just don't care
1: yeah that's <laughs> I mean, one of our challenges with this year well, to shop at Walmart <laughs> no to shop at Walmart and also when we're in the, the pro press conference we've got to try to Spice it up a spice little bit. Spice it but, up on a human. Some of those questions people ask are just outrageous. So it's our challenge.
0: I suppose i have a question just more on the live coverage. What would have been probably the biggest highlights for you over the years when it comes to live coverage? <laughs>
2: um, you know what? I don't know that I can think of one specific thing. It's just it's just really – it's been a, a really fun day uh, typically, and, and a lot of that fun comes from your co-hosts like Bob Davitt or, you know, Welchie or Paul or whoever. And, it, it, you know, it's – um it, like I said, it's really – having been in the race and and knowing how you see it from an athlete's perspective, which is really with blinders on and thinking that everybody in the world cares how you're doing or, you know, how this race is going to play out, to um, now being on this side of it and really trying to convey what those athletes are feeling and thinking and the, the pressure and the enormity of it, but then also to... You know, try and educate everybody, if you're new to it or not, um, and not alienate the people who are hardcore. And then, um, yeah, I, I'm trying to think what what would be maybe the. I think one of the most interesting was uh, the year when the athletes decided they were going to start, and the race had not started yet. <laughs> and Mike Riley, the race announcer, um, you know, thank goodness had the wherewithal to tell the the water safety and the support on the water to stop the athletes and bring them back to the start line because you know you, you know the, the race starts when the gun goes and when the timing starts and when all those things come together and the, the safety checks and everything has gone through the radio and the race director says yes, start it and then Riley can either do the countdown or however they you know do it. But the, the athlete says every year has happened in the past until recent probably the last ten years. You know, you're, when you're on the starting line trading water, you never want anybody in front of you when the gun goes off. So you simply tread to keep your head even or ahead of everyone else, right? So if everyone's doing that, you're a line member, a lot of years, you'd be 100 meters, you know, you'd be even with the end of the pier or even a little beyond when the gun went off because they didn't really control the star line. Now they really control it. you got a bunch of big Hawaiian mogs under the, you know, under the supervision of Mike, um, Mike McMichael from Pacific Vibrations, who's been the head of water safety there, and nobody nobody gets in front of that start line. But that year, everyone was treading water in in that same sort of mania, and you know it just takes one one splash or one person to mm. take what he looks like uh, the first stroke, and everyone's gone. And so Riley had to Mike Riley had to call everybody back. He just said, "Hey, you know, safety patrol, stop that, stop them, stop and stop them." And lo and behold, imagine how hard that would have been. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> athletes at the start of an Ironman to stop them get them back to the starting line and then start the race so that was definitely one of those moments where you're just like holy cow
1: and in terms of the live coverage, do you, how far away are we from having sort of live GPS coverage where we can either track the pros or perhaps even track the, um, all the athletes in, in a live sense? I mean, the athlete tracking is, um, you yeah, know, you can get the, a bit of stuff off there for age groupers um, at the end of each discipline, but are we, are we far off that, do you think?
2: You know, I, I've heard multiple stories um, and um, from from all sides of this, and I know the technology has existed a long time to be able to do this the the the, um the crux of it always comes down to cost Mm -hmm. and being someone to to put the bill be able to do it whether it's a telecommunications company or someone who owns the technology who wants to you know get their name out there um and then there's also in talking to the timer there's an issue of space on the server because he he's always felt you know that time should be real-time. As athletes are coming out, that should be popping up, but it's a question of getting the information to the server and then getting it uploaded onto the site. So I don't, I'm not a tech guy, I don't understand all that, but, you know, he's always, everybody's always frustrated with that, and, you know, there's, one of the things that always um, frustrates me is seeing the, again, the, the negative commentary when people don't, aren't there in everybody else's shoes, and I'm certainly not in the the guy shoes who's on the back end of the website. I'm not in the shoes of the timer. I'm not in the shoes of all these folks. So I know that they would do it if they could, and I know the technology exists. And I believe, in fact, this option did come up this year um, to put a device on all of our pros, and it was presented to the pros. And the device, I think, I mean, I think it was a little, in terms of the dimensions, it was probably bigger Than a credit card in terms of the actual rectangular size and probably Mm. half inch thick and weighed a couple of ounces. Yeah. And it was presented only recently, and I think the pros said some of the they just you know the the decision was made on I think on Ironman's. They just said, hey, if this if this is going to bother anybody, we're not going to do it. We want everyone to agree so that everybody has to carry it, you know, so that everybody is sort of under the same whatever you want to call it hindrance. Mm. With the device, but a couple of pros said, "You know what? No, it's it's too it's too late. I don't. I won't have time to try it because I'm only going to get it a week ahead, etc." So they decided not to. Um, but this was the first year that I know of that at least the pros have been offered that opportunity, but it was um, passed on. And I, you know how it is. The technology will get better, yeah. and the device will become smaller. Yeah. And it should be a But for this year and especially for the bike and the run you think about it where are you going to put that on the bike not not a big deal but on the run yeah. potentially a, a bigger deal depending on what you're wearing etc cetera.
1: So this year, I mean, hopefully that may happen next year. But this year, there's obviously um, quite a few changes. There's going to be a lot less pros on the start line. Um, obviously, the the caliber at the top end is is similar, same same sort of guys as usual. But do you think that this is going to have much of an impact in terms of the race um, having you know, a lot less pros on the start line?
2: I think it'll be better um, in a lot of ways. It'll it'll you know, I, and I'm not I'm not denigrating the people who maybe aren't you know. Are quote pros, but aren't necessarily, you know, really making money or in the, finishing in the top ten at any given Ironman race. But somehow make it into the race. And I'm not saying, you know, that it's. Trust me, I've been on the receiving end of a bad Ironman day. Um, but I do think it's a good thing to have the best people in the in the world on the starting line on that given day. And I think it will greatly um, impact the women's race to not mm. have a lot of uh, whatever you want to call them, third-tier male pros in their vicinity, so they're going to have a much cleaner race. So overall I think it's a really good thing and I think it also creates a lot of excitement and a lot of um, interest as the year goes on, as you see who who, who is where in terms of the points rankings. Um, and I think it, it does a lot, both for the athletes, for sponsors, and for general interest in the sport to have that. So I'm, I'm all for it. I think it's cool. Hmm.
1: The, um, we've just sort of been seeing just before we were recording the show. Apparently, Chrissy Wellington's had a crash, and um, who knows how bad it is. It all seems a bit of. Sp- oh, it's very much rumour, but... but. But obviously, you know, these days, a lot of the talk um, in the Triathlon world is around Chrissy and, and her complete dominance of, of everybody and dominance over a lot of the guys. And, and obviously, in Paula in her day, um, was was pretty similar. Obviously, she had Aaron Baker um, nipping at her heels often in, in Kona, but she was probably in the same sort of, you know, she was the the queen of Kona, you know, obviously it was two different eras, but um, is it similar, you know, what we're seeing with Chrissy, is it similar to what Paula was doing back then, or or is, um, do you feel it's a little bit different?
2: No, it's absolutely the same, I mean, and she's, she's, um, you could argue that she's going faster and finishing higher in relative percentage terms among the men, and, you know, it, it is the same, and it is, you know, she hasn't yet one eight of them and why or, or what have you but it, it, it there's, there is more depth on both the women's and the men's side um you know you can sit there and say are, are the pros going faster today and a lot of people will say yes and others will say no but I think in Chrissy's case it's it's um it's very clear she's going faster than any woman has gone before mm-hmm. um, consistent across the board so it's it's it can be nothing but good for the sport um and I think it can be nothing I think what Paula did in '89 um, was push the men's performances up across the board in the, in the years to come. Because when she finished, was it '88? I can't even remember now. That's how old I'm getting. Um, <laughs> but when she finished 11, trust me, there—I <laughs> was included in that group of, of guys who were like, "You know what? This is this is not going to happen again. I'm not having a woman finish in front of me, <laughs> right?" It's like so. So I think I think she um, will help up the game, not just among women, which she's already done. And you see it in Julie Stevens and Miranda and some of the other women, um, but it will it will push the guys as well. And I'm still, you know, I think it's getting faster among on the running side. But I really feel like the run is where the guys have a lot of um, time to still make up um, and improve on. And I think they will. I think you will see more and more guys consistently in the 240s and. I'm hoping one of these races we're gonna see Crowley or somebody
1: else uh crack God, are you. Why why
0: why do you believe that hasn't happened? You know, like for the longest time I've always thought, you know, under two forties where the next step is for men. And I know Mark Allen did, apparently did it, you know, if you take away transition in eighty nine, but you know, why is it that the men haven't got that much faster on the run, in your opinion?
2: You know what? I don't know, and I, I believe me—that's the one question I think all everyone's had. I mean, when you, when you look at where the improvements can come, I mean, the bike has obviously been um, been really blown apart and reset by starting with Hellriegel, but obviously Norman and then Steve Larson and Chris Lieto and you know, all these guys have really taken it up a level on the bike. But the run—it just hasn't been so. And I don't know if that's a just a a, um, a comment on the general physical nature of our sport and what it takes to be able to swim sub 50 and then ride 430 if the musculature and or the physiology of that athlete is just simply not really built to run sub 240 on, on the whole. But then again, I, I look at um, some of the younger guys coming up from the shorter distances and I know I finally got to see um, Alistair Browning and an ITU race. I think I was watching Universal Sports this past weekend and watched Beijing and London, and I was absolutely just flabbergasted at how fast that kid runs. And I just boy, I just sat there and went, you know, maybe not just him, but maybe this whole new crop of, what is he, 23? These young guys, I mean, that's when we all did our first Ironman races, we're at the age of 23, but, and I know he probably won't make that step for another five years or so, but man, is it going to be exciting to see someone who is that fast across the board in all three disciplines as he matures and gets older and able to handle the volume and the distance, God knows what that guy's going to run. But yeah, I don't know what it is. And that, that's my only speculation is that maybe it's just a physiological characteristic of being able to go fast in the other two disciplines that keeps you from maybe maximizing your run. Your I, think,
1: I think the problem is... They don't come and do your underpants run each year.
2: That, <laughs> you know what You laugh, but I'll tell you what. And I told I told someone this the other day. they said, you know, hey, what about you know I, I'm in my favor. I'm just like, oh my God, it's a mile and a quarter. It, it, you're an Iron Man athlete for God's sake, surely you can go a mile and a quarter. but just just in terms of the karma, I mean Ferris also fan, uh, when he he came to our race the year that he won Iron Man. And he didn't come back the next year, and he didn't win. So I don't know that really you need to say a whole lot more than that. um, (laughs) So how did the Undypents run start (laughs) out? Sorry?
0: How did the Undypents run uh, start
2: out? Oh, it was just, I mean, it was sort of just building and building because every year in the early 90s you'd go over and it it became a contest to see when you would see your first speedo. And sometimes it happened as soon as you literally cleared the – went into baggage, and you'd look over, and there would be a couple of guys in their speedos who'd stopped at the airport for water on their bikes, so and you'd be like, oh my God, this is out of control. <laughs> um, you, generally, in those days, you would, you would really and truly see speedos everywhere, and I'm talking, you know, in, in the line in the post office, in grocery stores pushing carts, in restaurants, and I, you know, the locals were really not happy about it, so we used to drive around yelling, hey, underpants, underpants, whenever we'd see them. And then by '98, we finally, a couple of buddies and I just said, "Hey, you know what? Let's let's really show them what they look like. Let's, you know, let's actually go for a jog down Lee Drive in our DVDs and just waving and, and smiling like it's, you know, like it's how you're supposed to be." And just see, I don't know. It was just on a whim, and so we did, and we got a lot of laughs. And the next year, everyone's like, "Hey, look, are you going to do that again?" I'm like, "Sure." So it was 30 people the next year, and then. 60 people the next year, and then we're like, hey, this is catching time Maybe we can raise some money, and so that's sort of how it started. It was just really a, a spoof on uh, guys wearing their speedos when they really shouldn't have been. <laughs> so,
1: I um I haven't I was have been kind of twice and, and haven't witnessed it yet. Um, but we're we're there this time. Yeah. But I had a I saw a bloody YouTube clip a couple of days ago. It is massive. There is hundreds yeah. and hundreds of people do it now.
2: Yeah, it was over 1000 last year. I mean, yeah. the, the best part is it's now well over $10,000 that we raised for a couple of local charities on the island. So, yeah, and it's, you know, it's just, it's, again, it's one of those things. Don't take it too seriously. It's a great way to, you know, break the ice and diffuse the tension that, as you guys will soon see, um, just ratchet, ratchets up every single day. I mean, from Monday to fr- to Friday, even Monday to Thursday, I would say, when you have the press conference and the pro meeting. That is sort of, especially for the pros, the peak of just, oh, my God. You can, and you, you can see it. You can see it on that day at those, at those meetings. You can see who's going to do well and who's not. I mean, it's so clear. People either are really calm and really confident or they're deer in the headlights. And that goes for people who have won it before. And it's really odd how the, the mentality changes. But I think that's one of the great things about that run, especially for age or first-timers, is it just lightens the mood. And gets you to relax a little bit, and you know, and then run down the road in your underpants. So who doesn't want to do that?
0: <laughs> it's a lifetime opportunity. Hey, um, what
2: what athletes
0: over the years have you had the most respect for?
2: What athletes? Um, wow, all of them, really. I mean, <laughs> it's a, that's a big undertaking for anybody. Um, but but the, I mean, the one that comes to mind right now is is I, I really. Um, I like his attitude, I like his availability, I like his professionalism, um, and I, I like his ability to keep it in perspective. I mean, he's a class act, whether he wins that race or you know whether he doesn't, whether he has a bad day. Mm. And I really appreciate that because I think it's easy. It, you know, the sport is really small, but I think when you're in it, it feels really big. And I, and I think the athletes who handle themselves well do such such a, a world of good for the sport because it's too small to behave like a like an able. You know, it's you, you can't start shunning your press opportunities and shunning your award ceremonies and and acting like a big timer because trust me on the on the in the world stage of sports. You know, the sport as a whole is just a, you know it's a it's a pimple on Tom Brady's behind. I mean, it's it's. And it needs it needs more professionals like Crowe who who are going to represent the sport in a positive way. And I'm not saying he's the only one. I mean, certainly they're all, you know, I think almost all the pros are, but I think all the pros can always, just like every, just like we all can, can always look at what they can do to make the sport better and bigger, and not just solely think about how it's going to impact you know, the fact that they have a nap, you know, at 1230 or whatever the case is, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, see it as a whole and see the, see the fact that if you make the sport better, it's not just going to raise, raise it for everyone, but it's going to raise it for you too. You know, it may not raise it for you exclusively, but overall it's going to be better for you. And I I don't think, sometimes I feel like a lot of pros don't see that. They just see how it's going to impact that personally.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Just if I take a step back to the underpants run, if people are keen to do it, um, what's the deal?
2: Oh, you, you have to just show up and run. I mean, there's no – everyone asks that. Well, how do I enter? It's like, well, you show up at 8 a.m., drop your pants, and <laughs> off with everyone else. But the, um, the fundraising aspect is we, um, through through a variety of sponsors, have underpants, sort of, you want to call it branded, um, branded hats and T-shirts and um, some raffles. And all we ask is that you make a donation, whatever you can afford. I mean, I think we asked $20 for a hat or a t-shirt or 30 for both. And then I think Rock's gonna have raffle tickets. We're raffling off on some cool prizes like Garmin, um, Garmin GPS devices. We have Cannondale is donating a bicycle. And of course the bicycle is underpants branded. The cool thing about the bike is if you win the raffle for the bike, you actually get to lead the run on the bike with a megaphone, so.
1: Nice. Yeah, I you
2: guys were like, God, we're going to buy water out. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: and <it's laughs> st- does it start at the pier or does it start at the King Kaimana Hotel?
2: No, no, it starts, it starts at, the, at the, well, I'll give you the intersection is Likana Lane, L-I-K-A-N-A, Likana Lane and Lee Drive. And I know everyone's going, where? But really it's pretty simple. If you walk from the pier back towards town along that seawall, when that seawall ends, it's literally across the street from that. Okay. So that's at that intersection, and there's a store there called Pacific Vibrations, and it all starts and finishes right there.
3: Nice.
0: What well, um, where do you see the sport going? You know, like uh, it's, it's, it seems to be that you know the first kind of 15 years it was, it was very kind of niche, and then the last kind of 10 years it's kind of become this big thing. Where do you see it being in maybe another 10, 15 years from now?
2: You know, that's a great question, and I, I don't know anyone who who truly knows the answer to that. But it's it's nice to see that the sport is so healthy right now. And that Ironman, in particular, has really taken the lead on in a lot of ways and in a lot of um, aspects. Not just um, in I think in I think in innovating in you know what you're seeing right now with the pros and the point system and the the money and the number of races where you can make money, um, both you know in our country but nation but worldwide. Um, so, you know, I, I, a lot of people say, oh, this and that, it's not like the old days. It's like, come on, you know, don't be such a stick in the mud. It's, of course it's not like the old days. It's not the old days anymore. And, and it's great to see that it's not the old days anymore where you literally only had seven Ironman races and you didn't even have one in the continental U.S. I mean, when I hear the whining that goes on, I just want to go, oh, you're killing me. You know, it's, it's actually so much better in every way now than it ever was in terms of event organization quality control you know the way the events are run um and i and i think you know that the new ceo has a lot of passion for this sport and i think you're going to see even even bigger you know not necessarily bigger changes but even better changes coming so it's um it's a really exciting time i don't think i don't think you can project 15 years down the road, but I would say for the next five years, it certainly looks to me like it's incredibly healthy. And um, as much as everybody thinks Iron Man is the big bad wolf, I mean, from what I've seen and the, you know, we've, Brock and I have had the opportunity to be on the front end of a lot of first time Iron Man events in communities who had no idea what a triathlon was, let alone an Iron Man. And what you see is the local folks, or especially people who are local in the endurance sports industry, are all going. Oh no! Here comes the you know here comes the big 800 pound gorilla to take over the sport in our town. And what happens is you you get a lot of increase in participation in triathlons of all distances, and you know an increase in um, in the retail side and the coaching side and every side of the sport just grows wherever these races seem to come. So I, mean, I, I think it's all been good And I see nothing but good coming
1: mm, Looking good okay. And um, in terms of the world of Paul Huddle And multisports.com and all the other things You're involved in, as uh, Melina was saying You've got some new mountain bike race You're, you're looking at an organizing And um, anything else you want to share with the listeners on, on what's what's coming up?
2: Yeah, well, we, you know I've, um, I think all of us have been in, On the on site a long time And on the road on site a long time And we're, we've all been, um, like, I think, like a guy like Melina is uh, sort of always looking towards new things and fun things to do. So, you know, rock got me into into paddling, stand-up paddling, and, and the surf aspect, and that's always been a lot of fun. And, um, we're always we've always been off-road. I mean, we went. I went from triathlon to adventure racing and ultra running. So I love being on trails and mountain biking is in the last you know couple of years has really come to the fore for all of us. We have a couple of group rides, neighborhood rides that we do every week, and we love the sport, and so we thought, you know what, maybe let's try and bring that a little bit more to people who aren't as technically um, skilled, what we call technically challenged people. So we use our wives as our barometers for the courses, and we've created an event called Road Cycling, which is not to say that it's not incredibly challenging. Our first, our inaugural events in Cedar City, Utah, has got like 7,000 feet of climbing For these kilometers that we do, and it's all above 6,000 feet, or I don't know if that is for you guys. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's up there. So it's
2: it's hard, but it's on roads that are rideable, and you don't have to be an X Games-type cyclist to be able to do it. So I think, you know, in the same vein as like Leadville, it's available to anybody who likes riding their bike and maybe wants to get off-road and see what that's like. Uh, so we, we we have started that. We're about to launch a, a national 5K running series for people with their dogs because we also are avid pet lovers. <laughs> we all have dogs, and we feel like that's sort of been an, a um, not there are dog runs around, but we don't feel like there's been anything that has tried to um, sort of consistently brand and, and and bring a consistent great experience to. Folks who want to run with or walk with their dogs at an event, and maybe I guess the whole point of that series is to bring new people into the sport—people who maybe hadn't thought of doing an event. Because, as you guys know, I think um, obesity, diabetes, those sorts of things are growing, and we'd like to, you know, try and reach into more of that demographic that might not have thought of doing an event and get them on that path. And so, we're going to try to use this new, it's going to be called
1: Walk Around Wag 5 k um, We're going to try to use this new series to do that. Cool. Nice. Oh, right, well, make sure you uh, let us know when it all gets launched and we'll, we'll spread the word. So three, really? qu- three questions we... um, We've we, we, done we... this in a while. I'm, I'm surprised was... you pulled it out. Well, I pulled it out. But, uh, <laughs> three questions we have. Uh, wax or shave?
2: Oh. Or, or nothing. Wax or shave? Neither. Yeah, <laughs> yeah thanks for <laughs> my team. What,
1: what about in the old days? Good old days. Neither?
2: Uh, Electric, um, one of those electric beard trimmer things on your legs. and That was it. I mean, I'd only ever use a razor
1: in Hawaii. Um, When you were um, racing at a sort of professional level, um, often people don't go out and do a fresh marathon um, because it's always difficult to fit it in the season. But when you were at your very best, what do you think you could run a a fresh marathon at? 2.30ish. 230ish. 2:30-ish. Okay. Nice, nice.
2: That's a stretch because you know you know how it is. You can always ah, I think I could have run 208.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rasmus, what did Rasmus Henning?
2: Uh, say? realistically, in the, around 230,
1: I think. R- Rasmus Henning thought he could run. 214? Uh, 212, two, two tw- two tw- two 214. Yeah. We thought that was a little bit of a stretch. We've got, we
2: got a lot of controversy. <laughs> yeah, Rasmus listens to this, <laughs> so. Yeah, I think I think you know you can look at your um, 5k, 10k to to give yourself a more realistic. Um,
1: Assessment of what that might look like, and, then, and our final one is: uh, Do you use any facial products, moisturisers, etc.?
2: Hell no. no. Oh, yes. disappointing. From Not Moscow. about products. You know, products are. Products
0: are for women.
1: Oh, listen to it. That's what I like to hear. (laughs) You're dead to me. You're dead to me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) See, those are more of the questions I like. That's good.
1: I like that. Hey, well, um, we we miss seeing you in of this year, but um, hopefully we can bring a slightly fun element to our podcasting while we're over there. And, um, yeah, thanks very much for your time, and uh, we'll have to get you back on on the show sometime in the future. Yeah,
2: I'd love to do it. Yeah, it's great. I'm going to start listening to you guys. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. thanks, Thanks, mate. All right,
1: take care. Cool. Thank- Sponsor.
0: That was good. Who on the show? It was. He did. He didn't use moisturizer, John. It doesn't use moisturiser, John.
1: He doesn't use moisturiser. He doesn't wax. See, the My thing wax. I
0: find interesting is that these guys, you know, like the boys who have been in this sport for a long time. Yeah. If anything, they need to use moisturiser more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just
1: forty-eight.
0: Forty-eight. Yep. Has spent plenty of time in the sun, and that's where the moisturiser helps, John. Mm-hmm. See, look at me. You know I got told the other day, John, and this is no lie. I was doing some modelling for icebreaker. Mm-hmm. What's it with the undies? Didn't have time to get it sorted. Huh. okay, well bugger icebreaker. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I was doing some modelling for icebreaker and we were all sitting around and we we're doing a guess the age game. Yeah. Guess old? guess how old somebody thought I was, John? Forty two.
1: Close? A little bit lower. Thirty six. Lower. Thirty two. Lower. Twenty eight. Lower. Uh, they're just it's just how how old were these people? She was thirty two. Yeah, no. Well she's my age. I'm thirty four. And she thought I was twenty four. Oh, come on. John, you know why? Do you know why? Do you know why? Do you know, why? Like... do you know do you why know what moisturizer? I'll tell you what happened to me yesterday. I was well, uh, I was doing my little hill reps up Heckthorn down diet. Dy- oh, bust. you just pop in. I, I almost did pop in, bloody coming down the hill, and uh, almost couldn't well, almost. But it was a fair way of crashing into the back of a bus. And you look like Jim Carrey in some new movie about penguins. Oh, Mr. Poppers Penguins. Yeah, it was on the back of the bus. I was like, holy crap! There's I'm, be- I'm going to crash into Bevan on <laughs> in the back of the bus. Well, you
0: okay? Tell you what to do, because we're going to have the we're gonna use, have- my, use my brakes. Well that's a good idea yeah. Or swerve around the bus Yes Well that's dangerous Dangerous on dyes <laughs> yeah, dangerous on dyes No Let me know next time You're going for a ride Text me If you're going to do hill reps And I'll put a bottle up the, I'll put something on the top of the driveway For you You're too good to me I, I, you know, I might even put some Biscuits out there for yeah, you Yeah it's a one hour ride I think I can cope <laughs> No just in case We are going to have the I am Talk Hill reps challenge Aren't we In Kona no, no, remember we talked about having, you know, to my house race? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. have to do it at the summertime yeah. of the summer. Definitely.
1: Okay, anyway, John, com And the innovation's continued at athelinks.com. They're on fire lately, aren't they? So one of the things people who often say um, is, oh, my results aren't up there quick enough, my results aren't up there. How am I going to know when they're up there? Um... One of the things I've introduced now is well, what what athletes do. They typically wait seven to ten days before they actually post results on the site because, yep. we, as, a, as a race organizer, you are always tweaking at people. You stuff it up, well,
0: and also there. let's be honest, not every race is great at getting them up one day. Mm. You know, some races, although most are getting better at getting them fast up. But you know, so for them, it could be wasted their time to go first day to try, the second day to try. Yep. They know after seven days the results going to be up.
1: So what you can do now is um, if you go into Athlinks and you uh, search for the race, you need to click on the events button at the top. You type in your race and say it was on last weekend so for example we've done here the Redman Triathlon we've typed in Redman um, under the events click go and the Redman result comes up um, you click on there and it says the results aren't in yet Okay. did you do this race and if you did and your results in there you can click to, to request the results so then they'll go through and uh, providing you're a member then then you'll basically go on their waiting list and they'll let you know as soon as the results oh, are posted
0: so that's great so instead of you having to go back to athletics all the time to see if the results are up there and see your comparisons and see the value that Links ads, you can say when it comes up, let me know, yes, and then you automatically be so you can just have one thought and yes. then let it go. And then you'll get an email eventually
1: saying, Oh, your results are up, see That's how you win exactly. There you go. Oh, nice, so go, yes, thanks. So, uh, future-proofing, yeah, you can just go in there, it saves you a bit of time, and then they'll notify you when the results are up. And it also shows which other members are waiting for their results as well, so you can check out who else is trying to scope out the deal. John, I oh, know no, you love what shows do you love. Mizuno's. I love oh, it. Mate, you it should is. see my new Mizunos. Oh, really? I am the... Uh, Ian Wood said... The Shitty Shetty he, he said it looked like I was going to the moon or something. My moon boots. Oh, uh, really? I'm Why? I'm pretty funky. They're black and uh, and they're black running shoes and they've got these this nice sort of aquary colour on them and it, it matches perfectly with my shorts and my T-shirt, oh, mate. John, I am just, looking...
0: You'll be using moisturizer in no business. time. <laughs> I'm
1: looking the business.
0: <laughs> well, they've got to deal with, with uh, Atera? Ultra. Ultra? Looks
1: Ultra. Up. Yeah, okay.
0: Um, and these are some shoes. So, again, go to Athlinks, There's always some kind of deal on the front page as well, so you can get some deals with the relationships they're building with companies out there, and you can find out some deals. You know, have you got shin splints, John? Have you got knee pain, forefoot pain? Well, Ultra Zero, drop, helps get rid of that. I'm sure it does.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it does. Uh, there you go, com. If you want to get your, save yourself some time in terms of getting those results updated... I've oh, just maybe
0: online. So we've we, we'll got um, interview with Lady Madonna coming up now. For those of you La- don't know. Hey,
1: Sister Madonna. Oh, you know what? I've screwed I'm, myself. I'm going to get a stick.
0: Because <laughs> I've called Lady Madonna. Ma- Do you know why I've called Lady Madonna?
1: Because is a song with and Lady Beatles
0: Madonna. The Beatles a song Lady Madonna. Do you know that song? No,
1: I don't. Don't know that? It's the no. Beatles. Sorry. Wasn't around 60s, 70s. What's your, <laughs> your favourite Beatles song? Um, that's a good point. Good question. Uh, come back to me on that. Really? Yeah, yeah. So that jumps out. I mean, I, I do like a lot of the stuff, but nothing jumps for Bevan, what's yours? I do like Fool on the Hole
0: Okay. Fool on the Hole i didn't get where it goes. I love it. Okay. And the so- warrus, Yeah, that's a good one. The warrus yeah. Yep, Sergeant Pepper's. Um, the Who? The News Today. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Nice. So I'm gonna get a stick. You're gonna and, beat me up. And I'm gonna, just gonna sit there and I'm gonna whack you on the head. <laughs> If you, uh if we have no, we have a, a shared stick. You can whack me on the head as well. What for what? I don't, I don't for, know. I don't for, know for, for making repeated oh, repeated for Sister errors. Madonna repeated errors. It's a whack
0: on the head. Violence doesn't help. You no? encourage the behaviour you want. the
1: Don't beat
0: people up. Your kids, are, your kids are in for a hard night. Roll with an iron fist. <laughs> so here's Sister Madonna, and she's going to sing "Lady" from Madonna yes. for us. Here we go. Here's Sister Madonna.
1: Right, uh, guest number two today is um, really is one of the icons of the sport Um, for for most of you. You've seen the NBC coverage year on year and often one person that is highlighted is Sister Madonna Buddha who... uh, at an age where a lot of us, um, perhaps maybe, think that triathlon might not be the thing you do. She's still out there cranking it. She's uh, sometimes has the the grim reaper on her heels um, in terms of the time cut-offs in some years, um, but been really, I think, an inspiration for a lot of us uh, out there um, for for the oh, serious yeah. athletes and, and for just getting people involved, um, just showing the courage that she has out there every time racing. So um, welcome to show sister.
4: Thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, tell us a bit
1: about your your background because I you know I read that you your first um triathlons were sort of in the early 80s and I think your first Kona uh, from, my, from Yeah,
4: my first triathlon was in 82 uh which would have made me 52. Yeah. And um this was before the introduction of wetsuits, even. (laughs) (laughs) So we have come a long, long way technology-wise, but I'm not so much sure as fun-wise. Yeah. Uh, Oh, really? So
0: you feel over the years it's lost a bit of its fun factor? Yes.
4: It has lost its charisma as far as I'm concerned, at least the Ironman distances have. And there are very few... Uh, shorter races that have their own familiar flavor anymore because they're all being bought up by a corporation, which has no face. So, you know, we're just turning into lab rats. That's all it is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're a commodity
4: for a business.
0: So you feel you've you've become a bit despondent about um, the direction of the sport?
4: I'm sorry, I didn't catch the question. Uh, you have
0: become a bit despondent about the direction of the sport.
4: Yes, 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 unfortunately. Uh, and I don't think it's just my age that I'm getting whole hum about the whole thing, but it certainly has lost its uh, spontaneity. And uh, the creative uh, uh, pursuits that uh, each race had in its own rights. Um it, it just kind of become sanitized, if you will.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it's almost like the standardization of the sport has made it lose its kind of kind of appeal.
4: Yes. But you see, the new people coming in have nothing to compare it to. Mm. So I probably sound like sour grapes because I come from so far back where it originated and it, it just had an entirely different different flavor. It was all... Fun and um spontaneous and creative and um you know it, it, even more daring in a in a sense because it was so new you didn't know what was going to happen until it did
1: <laughs> exactly so yeah I guess these days there is uh, with the internet out there and everything it, it um i guess it, it, it did almost seem unachievable when when you were lining up on the start line um it that's a feeling I get is these days, people go and do an Ironman, and they're they're pretty confident they can do the distance. Was it back then? Was it that sort of that almost that fear that of just trying to, to get to the finish line rather than trying to get to the finish line quickly?
4: Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but you know, it's it's really the triathletes themselves that keep me going in the sport because they have become extended family to me, mm. and it's hard for me to think of not doing these anymore because. Mm. I don't want to um, lose
1: touch with my family. <laughs> mm. <laughs> ha, ha, t- tell me, uh, one thing that intrigues me is um, I, I don't really know the, 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 the daily routine of, um, of being a nun and how this sort of, how triathlon fits in with that. So give, give us sort of um, a, a, a typical daily routine for you in terms of, I don't know, um, the training and, and all the other things that, you, that, that sort of fill your day.
4: Well, uh, today, uh, I started my day early um, by going to jail.
1: Okay.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I finally got released from jail uh, to come home now for your little interview, and then I intend to um, literally run some errands, and if there's time left over, I will get out on my bike because it looks like it's going to be... Uh, a tolerable day for that and I don't want to let go of summer yet and ordinarily I would still be training for the uh, Canadian uh, the Hawaiian Iron Man. I haven't lost sight of it um, I'm still trying to open the 80 plus age group for women Uh, But next year is my last attempt. That will be my third. And you know what they say uh, three times is the charm. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I will then be 82, and it's getting harder and harder to keep the body together for this extended distance. But we shall see.
0: To to get to Kona at at 80+, is it just about finishing a race under the time
4: frame? uh well it's the incidents that occur as well it, it's they they're making no exception for the ages and maybe they should start considering this um because we do uh, tend to slow down there's no question about that mm-hmm. but then you know, conditions are also something to take into consideration. For some, for for instance, at Buffalo Springs this year, which is the first time I ever did that one, it's a 70.3 um, Ironman qualifier. And uh, for some reason, it was abnormally hot. It was 114 degrees. Ooh. I'm not sure what that is, Celsius. It's
1: ridiculous.
4: But um, <laughs> it's pretty hot. Yeah. And so they decided they better set... Uh, time limits for each leg, um, whereby if an athlete hadn't completed it, they would take them off the course, uh, I suppose, to preserve them. Well, I got through the the swim part and the very technical, demanding uh, bike course, let alone the heat and the hills and the wind. And when I got off to run, I visibly saw ambulances running back and forth. So I said, my tactics will be to walk the first half against the headwinds and then run, hopefully, with tailwinds for the rest of it and get back in. Well, uh, the last cutoff for the run was at mile nine. And, um, there were indications that I wasn't making it, and I was ignoring that until I finally got to the Mile 9 aid station and the car door was open to pull me in. (laughs) (laughs) And I had no control over that. I could have gone four more miles easily and finished it, but that was their ruling. So, um, you just go with the flow and hope for the best. So, um... Every time you do, even if it's the same race, it's it's going to be a different day because you're mixed with different conditions and different people uh, and different rules. And you know, these rules I think are a little too top heavy to make the sport interesting anymore.
1: So you you talked about your your the path to Kona for you. Uh, typically, have you qualified at Canada? Has that been the the way for you to get into Kona?
4: Well, typically, I would just win my age group, and that was an automatic mm. to come back.
1: Mm, and I wouldn't have say. to
4: qualify. Except I love the Canadian Ironman, so I always did it anyway. And sometimes there's just five weeks in between the two, but that didn't bother me. But now I had been trying to use that one as a qualifier since. I didn't get to the race. I think I had a class reunion that same year, 08. And so that knocked my chance from getting it from the podium. Yeah. So that means I had to qualify all over again. And at this age, it's not that easy, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: did, I was reading you, you were training up for Canada this year. Did you end up racing there or not?
4: Uh, I did Canada, yeah. I did two-thirds of it. <laughs>
1: right.
4: The other situation there was um, it, it got very hot, but that doesn't bother me like it does a lot of people. And But what happened is I had an extended book signing that pre, the day before, which prevented me from getting uh, my bike in to the bike shop to get properly inflated. So I was off to a disadvantage on a very... Demanding technical course anyway, and but I made it up to the last pass and was counting on the downhill to make up for lost time, and oh my goodness! When you have to pedal going downhill, you know something's wrong. (laughs) So by the time I got the bike in, I was oh less than two minutes shy of the Uh, cutoff, uh, and I couldn't go off on the run. But who knows? I was spare the marathon. Maybe I wouldn't have finished that either in my condition.
0: (laughs) Hey, um, you know, you've been in the sport for you know nearly thirty years. It's 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 a long time, and and you know, obviously the aging process has happened as a part of this. What what do you find, you know, once you get past kind of seventy, which is kind of crazy to think that you know doing Ironman past seventy, you know, most people wouldn't even consider that, but. What what happens to your body after doing an Ironman, and you know, because the the pressure on the body is is pretty hard for any Ironman athlete. But as you age, have you found your body's handled you know the hard training and the hard racing you've done?
4: Well, um, I don't train <laughs> like most people do. Um, I simply incorporate uh, my motion activity, if you will, uh, with daily affairs. Like I run the mass normally. And um, when it's good, I'll be biking. Now, um, uh, last week I went out twice. I biked round trip, uh, forty-two miles to a lake, and and swam uh, for a good hour, or, or a little less. And um, so, it it I just don't go out and train per se. I have to have a reason to go out. Some some goal. And running errands is definitely a goal i I don't mind with carrying eggs for sure, but I have done it <laughs> <laughs> <It's> necessary, <laughs> and got home without breaking any. but um I think what is with me and with anybody who gets older and is consistent in being active, you just don't have to go out and and train yourself to the hilt because you're just in constant motion. And then when it comes time for the race, you've got a little bit left in you to give it your all. Mm. At least that's the way it works for me.
0: What about post-race? You know, an Ironman is such a demanding physical experience to go through. Um, How do you find your body handles that post-race?
4: Well, I might be a little sore maybe a day or two afterwards. But... uh, maybe even only less than 10 years ago doing Penticton, I'd be running to mass the next day and people <laughs> see me and they'd say, What? What are you doing? I said, Well, getting to mass. <laughs> it, it just wasn't a problem. But, you know, you have to consider one thing. Uh, I don't know how the pros do it. My, my hat's really off to them because they beat their their body down to the core mm. whereas i'm not going beyond my comfort zone yeah and i think that makes a difference
1: yeah mm. so are you competitive are you now or have you been ever competitive when you're out there have you um focused on trying to, to beat other people or is it more just you enjoy <laughs> being out there and doing it <laughs>
4: less in my age group to beat anymore. So I have to to either beat the men and there haven't been any men lately in my age group either. So then I have to try to beat my own time and that gets a little difficult.
1: But you do have a competitive streak in you. You you like you know, if you're out there on the course and you see somebody up in front of you, you're you're focused on catching them or are you just sort of yeah, focused yeah, on what? Yeah,
4: you've got to have a carrot on the string out there to make you keep going.
1: Exactly.
0: Um, do you have advice for other athletes, you know, who may, you know, in the older kind of, you know, part of their life, um, who do you have advice for them around how to be successful in endurance sport?
4: I uh, didn't catch all the questions. Sorry. Uh, do you have
0: advice for older athletes um, to be how to be successful if they want to do an Ironman?
4: Oh, uh, if they want to do an Ironman and haven't done one. Yeah. Well, first you have to have the desire. That that is that's what comes first. The dream, dream, and from the dreaming comes the desire. From the desire comes the dedication. From the dedication comes the discipline. From the discipline comes the daring to do it. That's six D's right there. And uh, yeah, if they, you can do what you dream. You can if you believe in yourself and you believe that the Lord gave you the wherewith to do it. You have to, of course, be reasonable about the whole thing.
3: Mm. And
4: uh, not uh, get over overzealous about the whole thing, or you could do yourself in. And but you know it's it's amazing if given yourself uh, patience is another very important item. Um, you know, just because you're not making progress as quickly as you desire, and you might be working worked up to a half Ironman or a half uh, marathon, and you know that you have twice that amount left, and you haven't gotten to that point yet. Patience, practice, and patience hmm. uh, will bring you around.
1: Hmm. And, w- and what about when when you're out on the course? Um, what sort of what are some of the things that that keep you going you know obviously it's always a a roller coaster for everybody out there racing you know you have your your moments where things are going along nice and easy and and it all feels good and comfortable and then there's other times where you're um you're having sort of uh, a bit of a meltdown what what sort of keeps you going when you're having those bad periods?
4: yeah well, there are um various uh things i I allow myself to think about um and especially about uh, people that I've promised to pray for or, or that I know they're having a difficulty in their lives, um, I will offer up my present moment um, uh, inconveniences for that. And then also I try to distract myself by uh, not thinking about my body but either repeating a mantra or making up haikus so or admiring the scenery so that I'm keeping my mind off my body. Mm. And that helps a lot.
0: Yeah. What, do, what do you plan for your future? You know, you're know, you saying you want to try to get to Kona one more time um, and next year will be your last attempt, you say?
4: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I think I need a vacation after 45 Ironman... <laughs> uh, just a vacation from the Iron Man
0: distance. <laughs> so, so getting to knows, 50 doesn't appeal? I back
4: at 85 or 90, I don't know, but um, I do need a vacation, I think.
1: Yeah. And, and I guess one, one final question I've got is, is how does the uh, – the rest of the sort of clergy and and so on sort of look look upon your 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 exploits you know um <laughs> do, do they think you're well, some some you crazy know, person i can't get
4: into other people's minds you'll have to ask them <laughs> but it seems to be more of admiration uh now than when i first started doing this running and and uh doing the boston marathon those were pretty early on for anybody in the clergy doing something like that, but nowadays, this triathlon business has become an epidemic, and so people who don't even do it know what it it is, and, you know, just accept it, and think, well, it's for them, but not for me, (laughs) but they know about it.
0: We're sure you've been a pretty big inspiration in the work that you do outside of triathlon and also within triathlon for the you know, last 30, 40 years. So um, thank you for coming on the show today. It's been great to have you on the show. And we'll hopefully look oh. forward
1: to meeting you in Kona next year.
4: Okay, you pray for me, will you? We will indeed. Sure will. <laughs> 2012 might be my year well. at 82. That would maybe be the oldest finisher ever. Really? What's the
1: current record for the oldest?
4: Uh, Eighty. Uh, uh, Robert McGee did it in uh, 2005 at yeah. 81.
1: 81. Wow. Bring it on. While
4: I was opening the age group for women 85, 75 to 79, he was opening it for the men at 80. Oh.
1: Uh, there we go. We need some parity there. So, yeah, thank you very much for your time, and we hopefully look forward to seeing you in Kona, uh, Kona next year.
4: All right. Thank you. You have a God great left. day.
1: Thank you. So what are we doing?
0: Okay, we we started. I've just pushed record. There, take three, John. Take three. We're having a technical problem day today,
1: guys. We're having a mere. And We also had a, we had a chat to um, the guys, uh, Coach Jeff as well. Coach he Jeff was from tec- the Coach
0: Jeff Podcast.
1: He was having a technical mayor day as well, uh. so it's, it's not going well. But anyway, so we're recording this uh, via Skype. I'm back home, and We've changed.
0: yeah, he's gone home. He's in his studio, and I'm in my studio.
1: That's right, and we're about to talk about extreme endurance. Tell me about it, John. So it's very much a Kona theme this week and if anybody is going to Kona, if you're racing or not racing uh, and you want to get hold of it, if everything goes well, we should have a nice bunch of samples over there. So come along and see us at Lava Java and probably have those there um, and we'll talk about where we're going to be during the week in a moment. Um, for those of you who are not going to Kona, you can get yourself your Extreme Endurance via xendurance.com. Use the code discount code Talk. You get 20% off. If you're going for the recurring delivery, um, you can also get Get discounts on that uh, using a different code, which is, uh, I keep forgetting it. It's AD, AD, I am talking, or AD,
0: something like that. It's AD first, basically. Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, And, yeah, just get yourself on it. Reduce your muscular soreness, buffer your lactic acid, and in general, just get faster.
0: It's just another reason to come and see the boys in John. You can come see uh, us. We give you some free stuff, but, hey, we know deep down you just want to meet us.
1: How many times, how many? How much stuff do we have to give to, to try to bribe people to come and see <laughs> exactly. us? Exactly.
0: Anyway? We actually have no friends. We
1: just bribe people. <laughs> That's right. But come along and see us and get yourself some of that, that stuff.
0: <laughs> okay, John. So sponsors quickly are?
1: Afflinks.com.
0: Um, 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 get the new results.
1: Extreme Endurance. <laughs> you, you I'm got throwing lost. your order. I'm trying to, try to throw you off here, Bevan. Just come get some samples and coffees of Hawaii and then come to the boat look
0: at that John That's you fun. can't
1: throw me off I'm sharp now
0: yeah, one thing yeah. one thing we are doing I'm not sure if we mentioned this earlier in the show but we'll just mention it now we have got some more nicknames that we're going to give out um, but we're not going to do that until the first Kona show so for Ian Tanner Gareth Vickers Anonymous Kim um, <laughs> Sean Bonsell Julia Jones Zach Polman and William Hunter we'll give you your I Am Talk nicknames on the first Kona super special show
1: nice so, um, so be a bit of a rundown on our week in Kona, it's going to be busy times but we want to try to really try to catch up with you guys uh, as well as obviously the pro athletes um, so Bevan and I are arriving early Tuesday morning um, and the first thing we've got uh, signed up is we probably won't get out to the, on, onto the boat on Tuesday morning because we'll be putting our bikes together yeah. uh, and we're going to do a bike ride leaving from Lava Java at 10.30am on Tuesday morning it's going to be a 90 minute ride uh, and it's going to have um, either 6 or 8 4 minute efforts at Ironman Pace, uh, so you really want to be doing your own effort, own efforts out there, so we'll, we'll you know, loosely ride together, but we don't want people smashing themselves into the ground, it's um, an important time of the week, but that's a session that I'm giving the athletes that I coach, and I want to go out for a ride with them, so if you're keen to come along for a ride we'll be doing that, then uh, Wait a second, so there's, there's, there's
0: a race we've got in that one too, isn't there?
1: there is, there's two races in there,
0: Ben. Yes, yeah, so tell me the races
1: so, so first race will be somewhere out on the Queen K, I'm thinking probably start either at uh the airport, or um, possibly at the energy lab, and we're going to do a one k um, max effort time trial. So we will need a bit of a timing assistance with that. It won't be a head to head race. Um, I'll be on the TT bike with the disc, the tri spoke, Aero helmet, uh, <laughs> and, and I'm on a tricycle. <laughs> and I'll be sitting. Obviously, I'll, I'll have a, a lead vehicle behind me, in front of me, and I'll have uh, all sorts of motor pacing just to give me a chance to take Bevan down. Um, but it's going to be a one time one k max effort TT. And then we're also going to have a, um, a slowest race. Where it'll it'll be somewhere down by um, once we finish the ride, finish the ride, but it'll be like a thirty-meter little um, ride where Bevan and I have a contest to see who can go slowest. Now we're doing the slowest race.
0: If you put your foot down, you're disqualified, aren't you? Out of here. It's gonna be hard. Yes, it's gonna be. It's gonna be
1: this isn't going to come off quite so well second time round, but it's going to be a blind slowest race. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to work. It's not going it's to work. Going Bevan, f- thought, Bevan thought we were going to be blindfolded. No, I thought that it would be gold, <laughs> but that's uh, that's 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 not Osh approved, which is our safety council in New Zealand, and uh, that's just just downright dangerous. Downright dangerous, so, Sean. So it's going to be well. I mean, by blind test, Bevan will have a go first, or I'll ever go first, and then vice versa. So we won't actually have it as a, as a race, um, and we won't be able to see the person's time. Uh, you'll just have to go on instinct and try to be as slow as you possibly can Um, later on 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 Tuesday um, there's a parade of nations at 5 o'clock and we'll be floating around somewhere there, we won't be in the parade of nations because we're not doing the race No, Um, but we'll be floating around somewhere on the sidewalks and we'll we'll post that up on Facebook where we'll be and uh, come along give us a little shout as you're coming through and then we move on to Wednesday Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday we'll be going out on the boat, Uh, we'll be out there from basically as soon as it gets out there, the boat heads out at 6.30 and uh, or they'd load up at six thirty. They're probably out there about six forty-five, six fifty. We'll be out on the boat for probably a good good half hour, probably till about seven thirty um, on those mornings. Then on Wednesday morning at eight o'clock, we'll come back in and we'll do our transition challenge, and we'll do that from. Uh, we'll say we'll meet at eight o'clock in uh, just in the the King Kaumana, um Hotel. Reception area, not inside, but just outside under the covered area. We'll we'll head off from there and we'll just go and find somewhere quiet to do our transition challenge between Bevan and I. Spectators are welcome. If you want to give it a crack yourself, um, that you're more than welcome to come as well. Yeah, bring it on. Uh, What else have we got going? So then we move on to Thursday. Uh, actually, I said Lava Java. We're going to be at Lava Java on Tuesday, Thursday, Friday from one o'clock to two o'clock having some lunch. And we really want people to come along and say good day. And we'll have all the recording stuff there and we'll grab some little interviews from all you guys. Um, it would be awesome. Uh, Thursday morning I'll uh, we'll be out on the boat then we're doing the underpants run um, so with that as you heard from Paul Huddle we meet about 7.45 down on Anlehi Drive um, and it starts at 8 o'clock now in the underpants run we want everybody to try to congregate somewhere and we'll post down on Facebook where we'll meet and uh, it'd be great to have a little I Am Talk um, group run through there and there's also incorporated into that is the Austin Powers Challenge
0: now I'm not a part of this not because John doesn't like me because I just wouldn't be able to compete in this level.
1: So the, the challenge is to see if somebody's got a hairier chest than me. And it's, that's quite a mighty challenge, I might add. Uh, some people think they, they might be able to put up a fight. The old Philanator thinks he can put up a bit of fight. He's not going to be there, but he thinks he can take me down. But I'm pretty confident that I've got more hair on my chest than uh, almost any other triathlete in the world. I, I so, think
0: you would be too, because most triathletes like to wax and shave and they like that lean, no skin, I mean, no bloody hair look. Whereas you... You, you, you go the other direction, don't you, John? That's right. You're not right. you ying with
1: the yang. No, no. It's just straight up here. Yep. So uh, bring, it, bring it on. Bring it on. There'll be then, photos uh, to prove it. Yes. Then we'll be back at Lava Java for lunch on Thursday, Friday. And this is a call out to uh, anybody who's not participating in the race. We want to have a few people joining us in the Wetsuit Aquathon.
0: Yes. So what's going to happen is we're going to be starting at the coffees of Hawaii boat. You're going to ride, swim in, and there is going to be a bit of transition. Now you're trying to get Joyce's sister involved, aren't you, John?
1: Yeah, I haven't told her about this, so this will be the first she hears of it. Um, Katie Joyce, if you're listening, you are going to be our transition official if you're available. Um, basically, Katie, if plan. you've got
0: any spare time this week, we've really looked it out, really. So just just basically planning to be working with the boys all week. Yes. And so she's going to be a transition. We're going to put your iron talk jerseys on or a cycle top of any type. Then we're yep. going to run to Lava Java and back, which we kind of thinks around two k. I'm
1: almost, I'm almost positive it's one k there and one k back, so it's two k run in your wetsuit. In your wetsuit, it is going to be insane. So um, you, you've got this this little challenge you're going to be playing in your mind. You know, the faster you get, the hotter you get. The faster you go, the hotter you're going to be getting as you as you're going through that run. So uh, it I'm going to
0: to, it's not going to be a comfortable run, is it?
1: It is not going to be a comfortable run. I'm going to be wanting to get that over and done with pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah, and you know we're going to have to deal with a bit of traffic and people wandering around, but hey, it's uh, it's it's still it's serious stuff.
0: Hey, we should have a prize.
1: Okay, what's the prize going to be? <laughs>
0: you, you, come come up, come you come along. Come along and the you can find out. <laughs> uh,
1: then we're back at Lava Java that day from one to two. So I think the main thing is, is we'll be updating our Facebook page. You know, Whilst we say we're going to be at Lava Java on Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, highly, highly likely we will be there. But if something massive comes up, um, which is a slight potential it could do, um, we may just have to change our plans a little bit. But guaranteed we'll be at the swim Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And we've basically got those challenges on sort of at eight o'clock each morning. Um, and the bike ride on Tuesday at 10.30, unless our bikes don't turn up, um, we will be there.
0: I suppose the other thing is as well, as, as I was saying earlier on the Take 5 of the show that we did earlier, um, is if you see us around, like there's a lot of listeners out there and we know we do know a few of you guys' faces and names, but there's a lot of people who we don't know. So if you see us around, don't be afraid to come and say hello. We would we love meeting you guys. So come up, say hello, and if we've got a recorder with us, we'll do a bit of a microphone interview with you and we'll get you on the show. So make sure you come up and say hello and, and you know meet the crew. That's
1: right. It's mm. going to be good times. It's going to be busy, busy, good times. Busy,
0: good times, John. Okay, so John, what's
1: your can Okay, remember what my goss? Oh, that's right. Belinda found out her birthday present <laughs> again. Long story. Maybe we won't go into it now, but she basically found it in my deleted items of my um, email. So yet again, she's managed to foil another um, birthday or Christmas surprise. Do so you know, you know what her. you could do
0: next year to really fool her?
1: Um, yes we. you could take her down a, a, a different path no, and no, I'm not gonna follow, tell. follow her that she's going to have a surprise birthday party and then give her something else
0: I'm not going to tell her that story because that story is a gold story have to come again in the future but more just get her nothing that's a <laughs> that good was, point will screw over Thanks. she went looking everywhere and her birthday oh, I didn't get it's, you anything
1: I'm, I'm liking the sound of that I'm liking the sound <laughs> of that it's a
0: lot cheaper too <laughs> um Bevan, what's your got? Well, John, I'm very excited about the mighty Auckland or New Zealand Warriors in the NRL grand final next weekend. Do
1: you know what's most impressive? So the Rugby League, as Bevan often alludes to, is our sort of second, it's just like rugby's poor poor cousin. It's a poor man's game,
0: and I'm a league. It, I'm a league.
1: <laughs> But it, it gets a lot of coverage, and it's, it's fantastic. They played awesomely again in the final. But the thing is, there's three competitions sort of going on. Obviously, that's the big kahuna main prize, but the Auckland club has got, them in the final they've got their junior warriors oh, in the no. final, and then they've sort of got their second grade team in the second grade final as yeah. well so it's pretty incredible performance and uh oh, it's good it's um fantastic the,
0: the junior team in the quarter finals no in the semi finals 3-0 <laughs> or something yeah 63-0 like, they just dominated the
1: dojo yes yeah, so. so it's um yeah it's it's very good times And the Rugby World Cup is cranking down New Zealand, not cranking quite so much in Christchurch, but everywhere else in New Zealand it's absolutely cranking and the All Blacks are going to crush everybody.
0: We've actually heard someone who's a fortune teller, who's been to the future, say that we won by over 50 points in the final. So sorry, (laughs) sorry Australia, and sorry your POMs, and sorry everyone else out there, but we know for a fact we're going to win by 50 points. So it's been nice for you guys to come to our country and we appreciate it, but...
1: Well, the, the reality is the final is basically the semi-final. Because New Zealand has got to play either Australia or South Africa in the semi-finals, providing all the other <laughs> games <to> go according <laughs> to plan. the other countries play, mate, so we've, got to, we've got to play some second-rate Northern Hemisphere team in the final. Uh, it's going to be a whitewash. Peasants. peasants, <laughs> stupid <laughs> English people in their black jerseys.
0: <laughs> we love the pomps, John. We love them. <laughs> Don't.
1: <laughs> Don't put words in my mouth.
0: Don't put words in your mouth. Okay, well, there we go. That's, that's pretty much this week's show. Next week, one thing about next week's show is it's going to be released a day later because we arrive in Kona on Tuesday American time and we normally record this on Monday American time. So uh, you we normally get the show on a... We normally release like Tuesday, lunchtime, in New Zealand. It'll be released around Tuesday, lunchtime, Wednesday, lunchtime, New Zealand time. So there'll be a day later, but once it's released, pretty much every day after that, we'll be getting around an hour to two hours content out every day. We've got lots of interviews. We'll be filling it up. We've got better gear. Audio Technic has supplied us for some gear for Kona. They just keep delivering. So um, it's going to be One lots of content. Favorite.
1: Did we? Have, have we? Obviously, we've missed a bit of the show with our take three, take four, take five. Yeah. Have we? Have we included the part where we want listeners to send in questions?
0: Yes. I. Th- yeah. I think we did as the discussion of the week, didn't we? Yes,
1: we did. I don't know if
0: yeah, but I don't know if we did that
1: early on. I, okay, think, I so think we is, did that early on. This this may be a repeat, and if you're hearing it for the second time, you've obviously <laughs> been listening to the rest of the show, which is fantastic. And no, I'm pretty sure here. we have. I'm pretty sure we have. Well, we'll just say it again. But okay, we so going so do at the media conference. Fun, yeah. We're going to have some fun at the media conference and we want the listeners to send in some questions that are going to spice up the media conference. Obviously, don't want to get too silly. Bevan's going to have two questions. I'm going to have two questions from you guys and we want to put a little bit of fun into the pro media conference.
0: Okay, so there we go. Maybe I'll do the moisturizer one. Nice.
1: <laughs> nice. you guys. That's this sweet show. Uh, what is it, John? I'm Russ. I'm Endo.
0: Train hard. Train smart. Kia, Kia kaha. kaha. Love your work.